welcome everyone to another episode of future of data newscast today it's it's week 33 and that means it's an another odd week that means tau has a newsletter for all of us and this one is <laughs> the best one yet i don't know we'll see but i think i'm i'm very positive this one is going to be super exciting and we i have with me maria hey maria how are you Hi Michelle. Good, good. I enjoyed this uh newsletter this week. This is So I'm excited to get into it. Yes, I I agree. How was the week for you, Maria? Oh, very good. Very good. We have um you know, a lot going on and the pace gets quicker and quicker of uh, technology and data science and so um it's always good to hear the good news of how it's used. Nice. and i think um yeah it's it's pretty cool so i let's get on the newsletter because i want to just get on i think it's bunch of interesting stuff so let's get to the to the main thing so cover of the week <laughs> what do you think yeah this is a a funny little graph here <laughs> number of husbands <laughs> by statistics um <laughs> It's uh a little stick figure guy talking to uh another stick figure person with a a bride's uh halo's not the right word tiara I I don't yes. know what the right word for that. Is. <laughs> <laughs> And they say as you can see by late next month you'll have over 4 dozen husbands better get a bulk rate on wedding cake. <laughs> And so they used um you know a plot to show this so i think uh, yeah so so yeah so it's 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 <laughs> it's, 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 it's a funny little um, um animation to our audience so it's i think it's it's the it's the joke on the extrapolation so yeah. the the argument is last week i'm not married so i had zero husband and and zero now this month i have one husband and and if i keep going uh, probably in couple of weeks i'll have um, multiple husbands so so the, that's i think the joke is that hey get get your cakes ready you probably will be getting a lot of grooms very time soon so yeah this is this is actually <laughs> At this, this rate. is this is and it's a predictive analytics problem i think um, this is interesting it's funny and and in fact you must have noticed maria that i think newsletter has covered lot of grounds on this extrapolation phenomena i think this is that's going to be interesting yeah, yeah. so now yeah. let's get to the analytics week bites so these are the blogs that are posted on analytics week platform platform and let's see what we have in store for us so the first blog is five steps to transform hr with predictive talent analytics what do you think maria yeah uh this week tau usually has like a theme and it keeps bringing up a certain theme and i think this week it was a little salt and peppered so we have a couple themes from the last few weeks that are intertwined here and uh the hr ones i think are really interesting because it's um addressed in all of the different topics that deal with you know what's coming up with the future because uh talent and how the quality of that talent is and the way we find it is you know really important for being effective and and efficient and so i think that these articles on on talent are really important yeah and um and i i i i couldn't agree with you more i think this um even it's interesting i think it's interesting what you took from from the theme because i think i picked two very predominant theme from this i think um um extrapolation i think that's pretty much like what you can uh, what and and the other thing that i picked from the from from this um uh from this theme is uh, the governance so at least on 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 the yeah. media end there was talk, there was like lot lot of talks around governance and on on the content side i i see like um and then we'll see so uh, in this and, and i think um this is a uh, five step to transform hr is I, I, it's again um, it's a beautiful blog and to for our audience i think what they are saying is that um, when you, when you grow uh, uh, in your in your uh, predictive talent analytics so you need to get your like first understand the assets and for talent analytics the asset is the team right understand the team and then 
understand your current status like what's your square one right now where do you stand now right uh-huh. and where are you where are you getting to and then and then and then uh-huh. pretty much like um, discuss talk about it talk about it um, and and discuss all the all the best practices be very open about discussing your uh, your 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 data and analytics and third is train them and i think if you uh, one thing that interesting that that jumps out in this phenomena is pretty much like maturity model right so these mm-hmm. five steps are nothing but like maturity stages right so first i need to understand where i am keep doing mm-hmm. the stuff that i'm doing and then pretty much i said okay i want to learn about this new stuff that means i have to understand my status and then let me try small use cases that's i think that's equivalent here to understand the kpis right where you want to head to and then you talk about hey let me just bring everyone into this dialogue of learning and then once you became the mastery you say okay now let me train others that like i have some best bunch of best practices that that we can we can work on why don't we share it with audience so this is a very uh, it's like an endorsement to maturity model and i think uh, and maria so i've been telling even a uh, lot of my my client engagements that maturity like whenever it's a beautiful thing i think i should write a blog about it like we don't talk about uh-huh. maturity model that much uh, in data analytics because uh-huh. it's it's pretty new the data strategy is pretty new but almost everywhere which are legacy old people know it's as a part of a playbook like you just have to understand uh-huh. your maturity model that will give you a perspective and then from that perspective you say okay this is where i stand this is where i need to be and then you travel that journey what do you think right right yeah because you definitely need to know uh you have to have two points so that you can get somewhere right, right. so um uh, yeah definitely um think that establishing those things as you are you know entering any project or uh any collaboration or you know just trying to figure out what you're doing with uh, what you're studying you know these are you know the important factors where are you now and being honest with that cuz that's also you know the theme of biases can also creep into that and we can have a conversation about that but where you are and uh honest about that where you're trying to be and what what the details of that looks like and then you can embark on the journey of how do we get there and then how do we be more efficient about getting there right no, so i think, I think that it you know whether it's in hr or in you know a research project or study you know these same principles apply <laughs> i i agree i think couldn't have said any better uh, totally in agreement with you so the next one is four ways healthcare data analysts can provide their full value um what do you think about this one all right so So this one I think it 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 it's Oh the healthcare one, right? Yeah. With the healthcare one. Okay. So this one I healthcare is such a big topic right now and all of the things I mean it's so amazing the things that are coming out, you know, um with the healthcare technology. So a lot of this data has um a lot to do with how well of, you know, we can innovate with these things. So and uh, so serving, you know, building innovations and building processes that serve the users or the customers or the community you know keeping those in mind and so i think that you know when we talk about this very early stages of data capturing and data you know collection you know thinking about that end process like we were talking in the previous section makes for wonders when you're doing the data collection cuz that quality of the data will just be so much more rich and the later processes of analyzing will be so much cleaner. So I think this one going through those, you know, basic steps of capturing the data and then how to make it meaningful is um you know, I really like that article using the healthcare data mm. and healthcare as the base um case study for for that model. Okay. so uh, well said maria i think what what i'm thinking um so again i think this this is a this is a beautiful blog uh, by the way so it yeah. it talks about um, and again it it somehow um picks some idea from the previous blog 
right? And it says, okay, it talks about the journey of, of what you can do, right? To understand and sort of, uh, it gives you a kind of a version of what are the four, four ways to, you can provide their full value. So they're saying, A, first understand all the data, right? So it's it's actually going in the same direction of maturity model. It's saying, get every data um, in-house and then test the data, like let people test it, mm-hmm. let people understand and play along and see what, what the hell is happening. And then you provide tools to the stakeholder, provide them tools. And the fourth stage is pro- give them direction on what to do. And, and I think one very interesting key insight here, uh, that I may I may not agree with slightly with with this article, so hmm. I think um, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show this. I don't know if you can see this. It's a pirate. So so be the a pirate. Be the okay. data. I think be the data pirate. Right. So that's that's the point. <laughs> so um, so that the, the argument is um, don't tell them the playbook. So you have given them tool, you have empowered them and let them figure their pieces out. Sure, there would be like some kind of moderation needed because you don't want uh, everyone to just be traversing wherever and wherever and, and whoever. So it's a very, very cool read, uh, by the way, to to, uh, to understand sort of, uh, again, very... So one, one thing that jumps out is understand your assets, that's your data or your people or whatever thing that, that, you, that you hold here. And then provide some play toy or some testing mechanism to test that data because you can then you have hypothesis you can pre-hypothesis post-hypothesis like you can work on uh, work on on those analysis and then tool it like give great tools once you you have created sort of some capabilities build that capability or appify that capability into a tool and then give everyone tool and say hey have fun and give them enough enough training that gets them on the tool. That's it. Let them let them sort of play around or or, or uh, uh, have fun. Very good blog. And I think um, it's not even it's not not only applicable for healthcare. It's applicable all across. And I think it's just um, it's mind-boggling. So again, very good piece of piece of content from the perspective of thinking in that direction. So this is pretty awesome. Now get to the next one. And I know I know uh, Maria. I have a hunch why Tao picked it. So I, I'll tell you quickly. So okay, because I was wondering. The, I was the, wondering about the, the, the blog is Innovalence <laughs> uh, Next Generation Big Data Platform Solution Achieves NCQA Measure Certification. Bunch of jargons, by the way. Um, so, But it's a press release about a product that was released yes. at some point in, And it talks about talent analytics. It talks about... Um, <clears throat> it talks about... Um, what it's basically NCQA is National Committee of Quality Assurance. So it's just putting an emphasis on um, what is the what is the effectiveness of data and and like understanding the quality and value based outcomes. So I think uh, one thing that 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 is great in this. So the theme is I think understand your assets. I think that's that's what I can figure out what the hell is going on. And all it, it's a beautifully laid out uh, article on the fact that. If you have a product, like so, it's talking about um, um, basically how to create a, a health effect, effect effectiveness data archive. So it, it basically it it underst- it helps us understand what all are is at stake, what all what all it takes to design that system. So from that perspective, it's a it's a quality and ve- what do you mean by quality and value based outcome i think many of many of the consulting that that uh, that i end up my uh, that I, I i engage with many of these guys talk about um, value like not talk about value based outcome so it's a there is a very strong likelihood that you say hey i have this thought let me just start analyzing it right so you don't understand the value of what you're trying to do achieve from that and that gives that's a very big distraction for every business like you end up wasting a lot of time with probably no buy-ins so i think mm. um, what tao is trying to say is it's it's a it's a press release mind you so it's not really um, uh, um, actually it's not a press release uh, it's it's actually it's a press release so yeah so it's it's trying to uh, yeah i think it was like show yeah it was launching this uh product here right 
so it yeah. it it gives lot of insights on um w- what it takes what it takes to sort of uh, build that uh, build that capability uh, f- i think it's it's a beautiful again a beautiful read to understand what it takes to design a system that gives you real time quick analytics and all that uh, in health space so what do you think maria yeah and it's, uh, it identifies the gaps you know that there are in the quality of the data and then data integrity and you know that helps with the performance of finances and everybody is you know paying attention to that so you can definitely learn something um from looking at you know press releases like this and articles about some products that had come out in the past and and also looking at their impact cuz i thought it was really interesting that um the platform uh it says is informed by data pertaining to mm-hmm. more than 750,000 physicians, 248,000 clinical facilities and 120 million Americans that provided, you know, data that contributed to data to this. So I mean these these are um some, you know, very deep insights can be found in here when you're looking right. through the right lenses and you apply the right tools. So it, these impacts they impact a lot of people and it's important i think to look at you know how the timeline of what happens how we get more efficient when we're using these kind of tools and products so right no i think it's well said um, again it, it and it's it, it it's also a quick journey into health analytics space right what all keywords it it has tons of keywords uh, that are relevant uh, it's again it's a very regulated industry so lot of stuff happening there and lot of regulation that businesses have to go run around so this actually is another i think w- one more thing that i like about this article is it has it explains you very clearly what exactly um, they are doing what is quality and and which all certification they have to cross by and what are, what is ncqa certification so it it pretty much gives you a quick rundown into the health analytics space or health uh, or wellness space So again yeah, I don't know how much uh, insight you've or how much you've dealt with that space but they're so involved you know every every space has their deep level of details and involvement and clinical trials have so many processes you know oh, it's, it's intense it's, it is <laughs> intense like I I used to talk so I think um, last year I spoke with uh, one of the pharmaceutical company in Boston there uh, one of one of the one of, one of the chief design, designer of this of the research or, or the clinical trial study and he was discussing that how inefficient their process is like how they just bundle things up and for any fd approval they just wrap things up and just ship it there and they never look at the data back so i said and they could easily repurpose the old data to further enhance the future studies in different clinical trials but they don't share and even mm. uh, one pharmaceutical company doesn't share information with the other one so that's it's such a freaking waste and i know i know obama's administration at one point uh, it's it's oh man anyways so it um they did something called transcelerate uh, something they started creating an initiative in which pharmaceutical companies could share their clinical data mm. through some ontological like creating some ontology and then like she I don't know where it is that now. It was it was a nightmare yeah. then. It's um <laughs> it's a uh, I don't know what's happening to that now. So yeah, well, I know that there's a lot of uh, people who are passionate and care about helping others that go into this healthcare space and they, you know, look at um d- you know, the traditional doctor path as you know, this is incorporating more and more data has to be incorporated more and more into that profession and you know there's a a conversation there that that has to happen but or that's happening between the profession and then like the behind the scenes and so those that care you know they can really get a, a in on the data side and still do a lot of good and help with a lot of different um ailments and things that you know <laughs> we right. can find solutions for i i, I agree i agree <laughs> so there's so- just so many options even though there is like um a lot of controversy and debate on the different policies but we also need people involved on the science side so we can better discuss you know the policy side it's a, yeah it's it's a big debate so now let's get to the news bites uh, the next section 
Ah, so it's uh, okay. Ashley Madison. So for our audience who don't know what the background behind this this phenomena was, oh, it yeah. was it was it was a <laughs> site uh, for pretty much like anyone. Uh, I don't know. Like you just Google it. It's it's beyond our scope of explaining what the what what Ashley Madison is supposed to do. But it was um, there was a big hack or a big breach of data, and yeah. the the subscriber of Ashley Madison were made public. and then uh, it was a huge reputational impact for anyone who signed up for on this platform and then um, this was just talking about um, uh, a court ruling or to give 11 million dollars to the as a compensation to people who got impacted by this the site so this i think this brings up an interesting conversation on uh, what is the cost of security like what's the cost of breach right so this is one mm-hmm. of one of the one of the quantify uh, although it's a class action so it it's a, it's a quantifiable um number because i think i i i uh, uh, i was talking in one of the, or we were discussing maria in one of the previous uh, podcast or or at least newscast that uh, how to price a, a hack right mm. how much of hacking is actually worrying about your infrastructure or how much you just say hey i i assume it's going to be hacked let me just put a number financial number around it and just run by, run by that thought so how much of this is financial engineering vis-a-vis how much of this is actually technical enge- or it engineering to to secure mm-hmm. secure your business because like you are relying on third party software you are not going to get super uh, secure anyways because there's constant patch coming out there's constant changes one thing could break to the another and things are not often appropriately synced between the between the with, between the updates so there would be like always vulnerabilities available to something that is constantly changing how can a business secure and i actually uh, one of the podcast that might that might come out maybe in couple of weeks about uh, i spoke to this security uh, one of the security professional uh, and he he shared that many of the insurance companies are actually looking into this problem so they are coming up with the phenomena of uh, Hey, what if I just price like we can just we can just buy insurance for our business? So Ashley Madison would buy an insurance and they'll pay this eleven million dollars, and it's just mm-hmm. a it's just a financial engineering, and, and regardless yeah. how much it impact and what's the cost of the impact, but if eleven million is what it takes, can it be a financial engineering problem vis a vis a technical uh, fixation problem or something? What do you think, Maria? Yeah, I also think I'm gonna open a little bit of can of worms with this. because this um company Ashley Madison they have have a history of doing other data site uh, dating sites so they are they control a dating site for i think it's specifically for married folks to find mm. affairs mm. so they have other dating sites as well but with this one you know having that confidentiality and so forth um the end just kind of like they didn't want to go any any further investigations because just the you know like let's own up to the you know the breach and and get it you know get, try to get it resolved but once the uh once this was opened as a lawsuit many other things came into light about their practices so you know they had fake accounts that they were putting on to instigate more uh traffic you know that they were using the information um in other ways to create more advertising that would be questionable ethically so you know this financial question of how much are you going to save with some of these breaches not having a lawsuit at all you know <laughs> kind of <laughs> helps the company make sure that no other areas get exposed that you know there's a lot of moving parts and so as you grow you're not going to be able to cover all of those things at the same time but you know having uh, i just think that you know these security breaches starting the process off, you know being sure that you're safe means many different levels not just the, you know the, the data is out but also right. like how you're doing the practices and the integrity of the company and like what they're doing so um the breaches i think are important for you know both sides to identify you know what companies are to be having you know to have transparency so that they you know can share the things that are going to uh you know help them be successful but at the same time be safe you know so that right. their customers and their the people that respect them 
are going to continue uh, seeing them that way. No, it's, I think so, it's, it's, it's a... So, I, uh, and actually, I was discussing this, this idea of uh, peeling the onion, right? Uh, so, once once um, things hit the fan, then, then, then you start peeling the onion, what the hell happened and why the hell happened. And then you realize a lot of can of worms will start opening, as you Marie rightly pointed out, that um, security was an issue, fake account was an issue, whatever you did to whatever you did to get your business um, through through that cliff, or at least through the peak. So <clears throat> businesses do all 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 weird kind of things, right? But I think um, the bigger impact is to the audience, like to whoever sign up for this platform, right? The reputational risk, and um, it's like it's it's just bizarre. And I think one thing that uh, that I would uh, so this gentleman suggested um, that so at one point T-Mobile CEO I guess he, he said uh, there are only two type of businesses ones who are hacked and ones do, who don't know it yet. So once you assume that philosophy right and you always assume that whatever you're putting anywhere or wherever you're signing up that information could be uh, compromised at some point. So you will be a lot more cognizant in where to engage and how, and from there on, and and I think everyone has to pre-assume that something, if something fishy happens, how would what is the cope-up mechanism? Like, aren't you? So I think uh, even 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 uh, in social media feeds, right? Sometimes you don't even know. Um, like I see a lot of um, young uh, millennials and a lot of young folks put. Uh, uh, posting interesting stuffs on Facebook that might at some point come down uh, hunting them back on what's what what has happened and all that so I think it's it it's it's again it's it's a can of worms so I I, I think <laughs> we can pretty much sit here for the entire like three months and still get nowhere uh, with the with the idea of security and and what what's happening but I think the the bigger point uh, that that was conveyed on this blog was 11 million dollars for a breach is that and that's that's what I read that is this a financial engineering problem or it's really like um, but it's a it's a issue so so to our audience I think um, cybersecurity is a rapidly fired up domain and um, almost I, I was talking to one of the insurance executive and and they were discussing that how uh, uh, it's a it's like their insurance companies is considering um, considering the, this kind of specialty insurance of cybersecurity and all that so insurance companies are looking into this domain of would would it be a uh, would it would it be a financial engineering problem uh, more than a technological hiccups that any because businesses are not like you cannot tell business not to run right they are they, that's their core competency is to just find a way to make money and just scale it as far as as fast as possible so it just they have to find a way around uh, and I think it's a compromise between security and and taking risk. Uh, and if you if you if you get sort of stuck in the middle, you get stuck in the middle. So interesting, but interesting read. I and I think uh, and as, as I said, we can talk entire day and still go nowhere with. The, but it's 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 a very cool topic to learn. And uh, let's go to the next read. Doug Leeby okay. answers burning questions on product roadmap. SAP. So what do you think? Okay, this one was just. So basically, it's uh, so it's talking oh, yeah. about. So, um, I do remember pieces of it though. I, I like a roadmap idea. It was. So I think one thing that was pretty cool, um, and in this one, maybe Tom may be selling itself in this one. I think it's talent analytics and it's it's the idea of future of work. So, so to our audience, I think uh, so. It this is it talks about. Um, um, Doug, Doug Levy answers from one of the like few questions on um, what would happen to VMS. VMS is a vendor management system, by the way. And uh, there's a company called IQ Navigation, and they, they does VMS. And recently, I think um, uh, there was an acquisition by Adeco on Beeline, and they were trying to figure out how they can they can work with IQ Navigation on VMS, vendor management system, or freelance management system. Uh, so I think the bigger the bigger piece that that was relevant in this in this particular write up was uh, the talent analytics and how and how companies are 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 sort of prepping for that. So the very fact that there is something called freelance analytics platform or freelance management system or vendor management system when it comes to workforce, that means there's there's 
I think these are the words that are, and and they're saying VMS is obsolete. So the V, so they are talking about how. So if you acquire uh, um, a, a product or a company with obsolete or, or at least uh, dying product or at least uh, product with with lessening demand, how you cope up? Like you just can't really willingly close it because there's there's existing client using it, the existing businesses relying on this product. So. It, it pretty much, so Doug does a very uh, good job in explaining and walking through what are some of the challenges or emotional and technical challenges that you have to answer or address um, when you deal with such products and services which are not at the at the prime and probably going down, but how you can transition over to the new systems by keeping still the essence of the old one because those customer relied on your platform then and they're relying on a platform now and it's not their core competency to be understanding like that thing getting obsolete. So you have to create a very smooth road uh, roadmap uh, to transition them from obsolete to the new age uh, solutions. And and that and he was very candid about discussing what happens with the merger of um, such capabilities, how businesses react. So I think that's pretty cool uh, to learn. So uh, yeah, I- any, any thoughts, Maria, on that? Uh, I just w- was wanted to do more research on the um, field glass, you know, and the different mm. platforms because they're saying that in this article talked about, you know, it's um, imperative to use multiple platforms. So, right, interesting. So the next one says Cisco boost for cybersecurity skill shortage in um, South Africa. Yeah, we we're just talking about cyber security. Cyber security. Yeah. That's that's another. Yeah. yeah, that's that's I see a probably predominant theme. So I think this this write up talks about um, and this is again a very good very good write up. So it talks about how Cisco is growing, uh, creating awareness by partnering with learning systems that are local there, because <clears throat> most of these businesses, um, whether it's Cisco, Intel, like all these guys, they are relying heavily on um, talent pool like the new age talent pool and their ability to acquire good talent pool fast enough to keep them in in the next 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 age of technological evolution so it it gives um it's it gives a kind of a very cool endorsement on what all some of the businesses do to actually um fill in the gap and from there on create awareness because i think one of, one of the thing that um that one needs to make sure is you need to prime the market before before you start um, extracting value from or uh, providing value in it so this is one of those initiatives like what you can do what like businesses need they need to always like cisco and all these platforms they always are working part of their business is always working on the next stage phenomena so they have substantial um, sort of uh, maturity or enough maturity to understand how they can sort of compete in this new age, so this is one of the write-ups to, ex- to pretty much help us understand the playbook, Cisco's playbook, on wh- how they fill in the gap, talent gap, and and then and then fix and, and grow in it. What do you think, Maria? Yes, and how they, um, you know, make sure that uh, those skills are there, so that some of those breaches are not just um, a lack of training, <laughs> you know, right. and that, they, yeah. So I I do like how it said, you know. It's not a matter of um, if it'll happen or not. Cybersecurity threats mm-hmm. are all over the place. So it's just a matter of when. And so being like hyper aware and vigilant are just half the battle, right? Right. So you know what to, what's coming. So Cisco is doing that, you know, helping educate more of its folks in South Africa, right. which makes uh, cybersecurity the fourth crime the fourth largest, most reported economic crime in South Africa. So that's also um, something that this article goes through. And I think, it, and it, it also sort of cuts, um, and you Maria, you raised an interesting point. So it cuts on the the merger of when the government meets the, the, the technologies, right? So when the trade meets the technology. So this is one of those areas, right? So if the impact is massive and there's people's life getting ruined, so now trade is coming to picture saying, oh, there needs to be a law protection or some regulation that protect, uh, that provide, that somewhat provide some kind of base level uh, security 
and then obviously there would still be uh, breaches but at least people are not motivated to get into that domain or so called ethical hacking uh, or in, in a very unethical way or something so interesting so let's talk about the featured course uh, machine learning so this is sure like we cannot and and i it's interesting like we never saw any um, newsletter without the mention of machine learning what the hell yeah there's always been some kind of ai machine learning some, reference just, you know cuz just it, but i don't think you can ignore it either cuz every you know it's definitely part of the may, innovation maybe tau is showing off uh, i don't know what the hell like i, 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 yeah. I like i at some point i want to see something that okay it's so like there's some things machine learning ai like you want to hear what's happening around like somewhere else somewhere quieter that people are not and and pretty much dig something there it's just like every freaking thing either one two three or four articles just saying what anyways you rightly said machine learning we all need to know so yeah <coughs> and, some kind of understanding of you know what it's doing behind the scenes you know and i think this is a really great free course from Stanford um you know and it goes through 20 hours you know if you ever read the outliner book by Malcolm Gladwell or any of the others that promote this like learning based off of hours here's your first 20 hours <laughs> right is the free course right here so it seems to be pretty um it has the uh you know handouts and other resources and it seems to be pretty uh, dense with um you know robotics and data mining and um bioinformatics speech recognition which i know is hot and text and web uh, data processing so it's it, it would be something that would definitely give you some reference points on machine learning and why it would be important on <laughs> so many right. levels no i think you are spot on maria so um i think um so best 20 hours spent uh, for sure cuz i think one thing that i liked about this program is so if 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 i if i um, if i um, try to understand what all queries i get to understand what the hell is machine learning so there is supervised learning unsupervised learning there is how the learning system works what are learning theories existing in the market um, it covers all of those right so obviously it assumes that you should know probability like you should know some things you should know base level of that uh, there's a linear model so not a rocket science baby like you maybe so they're like maybe one hour of pre reading to understand what else is going on but you then you're ready for this course and instantly in 20 hours you know many of these keywords what the hell they mean why where the hell you use them what the hell you do with that and some of those like hells um, that then that you can work <laughs> around um, these these sort of use cases so again beautiful course and if tau is picking it tau knows its thing so it knows that at least it's popular so it's there's no ai in, in like tau is not and that's why i think i i've said before maybe i should i want tau to pick creepy courses like i want to see that uh, tau pick one of the worst picked course ever by any humanity possible <laughs> that would be like wow this is something that would new. be like as <laughs> I, i think at some point we want some serendipity like we want some randomness like it just it just it just post some hollywood movie trailer or whatever uh, it's yeah, i don't know have, uh, is random really random <laughs> it's, it's, I, i don't like it's still i want to be surprised that hey so so far yeah, yeah, i yeah. i know it's just picking it's picking cool stuffs but um, what if i think that's and and actually that part is covered by our next those what if scenarios what will happen if right yeah so, that's what i was just thinking i was like well that's a really great segue into <laughs> the next book the black swan um by nasim nicholas talib did i say that right yes well this it, this um makes me want to go find the audiobook to that because it definitely talks about capturing that which we do not know and trying to um you know be prepared for that it talks about the impact of things that are highly improbable yet happen anyway <laughs> right and uh this is what you know we are trying to figure out 
especially you know everyone in their what they're using their data for in their respective disciplines and areas of interest you know there's just so many times in history and so many things that even though we think we have it together and we think we figured it out um, something surprises us you know <laughs> and what yeah. we need to do with it so this book I think you know I was really interested um, in uh, seeing if I can get an audio book for this one soon and, 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 and again um amazing job by by uh, Naseem Taleb I think uh, he's he's a philosoph he's a philosophical political writer right so so he understand um, the nuances uh, of uh, how the technology could impact uh, political and philosophical scenarios like so he understands those un or, or sort of cracks that we don't see through our uh, like, through our eyes but I think one thing that that I am so it's a, it's a very alarming book, by the way. So I think a bunch of the cool things about this is it's pointing to the idea of error bars um, that, that we, we talk a lot in, in this podcast that not every model is applicable in every scenario. And if you rely too much on the model, then when it breaks, it just breaks hard because you have not oh. seen the impact of what happens when things break. And by yeah. the way, you cannot do you cannot go in the analysis paralysis, right? You cannot just kill yourself analyzing things and figuring out everything that could go ever wrong uh, and still survive the the pace of the business. So it's a it's a constant battle um, to to sort of uh, should I should like should I analyze this much and then act should I act uh, analyze more and act less. So this it although it talks about those moments right it talks about um, how like what what happens if the system handles uh, disorders or chaos right what will happen to the system but it's it's a constant battle between the performance and um, like efficiency and accuracy so you want things efficient or you want things accurate so many times um, you presume that okay and I think that's it's partly some it's partly uh, the conversation is I think it's also in, in in the security space as well, right? You cannot fix everything. You cannot overly uh, sort of equip yourself to be right. Something will get out of hand. Some conflict between two developers not thinking it through about their modules when the code hits in the in 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 between them something cracks and that you have not the testers might have not picked what will happen then and it was it was weird actually um, so very alarming book it definitely if uh, if you are insomniac if you don't like sleeping <laughs> in the night this is not the book for you <laughs> you if you're depressed this is not the book for you <laughs> if you are um, stand-up comedian maybe this is again not the book for you so <laughs> This is uh, this is just I think this is just to just to get your mind right that things could go wrong, and yeah. the the moment you are buying this book and this is what I think about these books the the, okay. the the fact that you think you should buy this book, you don't need to, right? So you understand what you to expect in this book, right? So that very fact. So again, beautiful book, and I, as you rightly said, Maria, this is the, also in my bucket list of books that I need to read uh, over the next three months. So. Definitely. Yeah, uh, uh, the reviews definitely say, you know, you get a, a perspective of reality, you know, that makes you think a little differently. And I'm always interested in having a different way of approaching um, something that I'm looking at. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, I just found it interesting for that reason, you know. So, um, yeah, and I think um, fun book. Let's see. Let's see. Um, definitely. I've heard about it. Uh, I have read a uh, few synopses about it. So, but but definitely a, a good book to check out. And and pretty much like uh, keep at the back of the mind to uh, what that is happening. So now let's go to the tips and tricks of the week. So we have this is this is one of the cheesy ones by the way. This is something that I wrote. Yeah. It's one of those what the hell we know. So it's a strong business case could save your project. And I think when I, when I wrote this, it was it was actually it came out of a need. 
So uh, I think um, there was a conversation that happened that uh, there was a some guy was he was trying to sell his agenda uh, to his leadership on like how they can sort of create a data science team and how it can deliver value and the leadership was not buying it so he, he tried he tried to tell them how beautiful the outcome is going to be what's going to like what what to expect from this what's happening but he's not building a good enough strong business case like he was not telling business the current problem that they are having and how it could solve it although Mm-hmm. It's a very visionary idea. Things look beautiful, and you hear this. T- like I don't want to talk about it. It's it's that cliche and creepy, uh, to, but it's so much ineffic. Like <clears throat> it's still difficult to find. Um, many of our conversation, people have not thought thing through <clears throat> a good business case. Hmm. So and they're just they're just hitting their head on the wall. it's not it's not going to change anything it's just going to hurt you that's pretty much what's going to happen so you need to um, build up that case so business can end up business they 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 typically they, they want to hear about risks and they want to they want to solve business problems so it's not that they're not listening the moment you don't get heard i think think about your story because because businesses understand they they can talk they can talk in different stories so um, this is i think one of those things in which uh yeah i have to write about it yeah yeah you make it relatable you know they have to be relatable so right exactly so anyways i don't want, i don't want to spend again everyone knows this and um let's move on to the next one so data science q and a uh, oh yeah so the uh, idea of the false positive and the uh, false negative you're going to tell us about that right <laughs> This will again. I think this is this will be the shortest uh, podcast ever. And uh, let's see. So yeah, um, false positives and false negatives. What the hell? And I think yeah. Well, it happens a lot in healthcare. You know, when they're testing. You know, but I think that I've seen it applied to models before. You know, I you're right. Yeah. And do do you have you seen it applied to models before? Oh, it's it's supply chain. It's it's uh, pro- production lines, right? so uh, any sigma 6 compliant manufacturing lines so the false positive and false negatives are important right so they want to because they are tracking the errors right and then once the error shows up they want to figure out what the hell where the hell and and from there on um, they try to fix things so if there's false positive it's it's like they react if it's a false negative it depends it depends what i think one thing that needs um we need to understand is say if you want like first we have to understand the positive and negative and then the, the entire context change here right so in this particular mm-hmm. example they they put an example of hiv so in hiv it's good like the the false the, the negative is good than than the positive right so you want you don't want to be hiv positive so in that case that what they're saying is uh, so the typical example is where where false positive is is better than false negative and vice versa and they're saying hey if um if uh when false negative is better than false positive means if we know early enough that this actually you can fix that problem so if it's if it's a deadly disease you would rather be false uh negative then false positive right so you would rather know and test and clear it out of the system rather than ignore it um and then and then later suffer uh to a, a, a more lethal consequence and on the other side if it's an if it's a non impacting disease um and in in the manufacturing it's pretty much the other way right so you want if uh if manufacturing is working and it says it's not working you want to know that right because at least you will get out of the system so you'll not hit a bigger roadblock uh, going forward and it's saying when when are false positive and false negative uh, equal is any software that you design to measure those platforms right so the software is all about accuracy right so it needs to tell you so the software needs to appreciate both false negative and false positive so if you're building a software to measure hiv if you're building a software to measure uh, error rate in manufacturing both holds equal value because they both are wrong uh and then you need to it it just it just muck around with with your analysis 
so you need to uh, like we need to understand what's going on so typically if you are in a platform business both are treated equal if you are on the serving side of it whichever is more you're happier with the other one if it uh, is it goes you would rather see that one is higher than than the other one so i don't know if that yeah. makes sense makes sense it does okay. <laughs> it does to be prepared be it's prepared <laughs> be, be aware pre- and prepared <laughs> be be prepared and be positive i know what that's <laughs> yeah so um let's get to the so right side the video of, of the, the week the video of the week reimagining yeah, I, the role of data I really like this one because you know it addressed the um how data is used in government and it addressed um you know what we could be doing in the future to have these conversations of more transparency and data visualization and just mm-hmm. more you know awareness about how citizens can be scientists so i really like this article or this video Good. um Shout out to Jeff Chan, who is the director of analytics for the fire department of New York. And and those were some good stories that he told about the amazing things that the New York fire department has done with their own data science team. So that was uh, exciting to see what potential and possibilities can be. I'm very impressed with uh, Jeff. I think he's, he's very methodical. And I think now he's he has shifted. He went to NASA, and then now now I think he's he's in Department of Commerce somewhere. So wherever he's going, he's just fixing the civic civic system. So uh, kudos, shout out to him. He's doing a good job there. And I think um, yeah. I I met I met another um, another gentleman. And I think he's 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 in one of our podcast from en- Enigma. So he used to work with Bloomberg, uh, and and he created a model for New York City for a fire response team or something. So he was uh, one of the, the project managers involved. And Jeff was one of the architects of, of that, that framework. So I think <coughs> it's a wonderful video to see, um, excuse me, uh, what what happens, uh, what's happening in the New York and how New York is actually coping up uh, with the fire department scenarios. And I think in, in one of the conversation I asked him, when do we be 100% secure right? <laughs> in, in predict- predicting fire? It's, it's as is as uh, simple or as complicated as cybersecurity. Never, right? So his mm-hmm. his take is that uh, uh, yeah they are getting better at it. They're getting so he said we we could actually they are comfortable in saying that our response time is this much. So they they that that thing they're getting very close to of like within X minutes you'll get a response, but uh, getting like least uh, casualty and they're getting smarter with the casualty stuff as well so it's it's interesting definitely uh, as you said right you said maria it's, it, i think it just he just talks about how 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 people could contribute how government needs data how civic system actually would appreciate and what we all could do to to push the government in in the data driven world and and pretty much like they are not the best um, um, so that's just, uh, cool. it, he re- addressed a lot of the collaboration that happened, and so that was really exciting to see all the different folks that got together to help make the team and to help keep, you know, the analytics as something as a forefront for a priority, you know. Um, and they proved that they are not spending all day saving cats and trees. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, much was, more. They did much more than that. But I'm, you know, just referencing that they have yes. a very in-depth process. And he went through a lot. And there was a lot of people involved. And it really takes a community. I think that's the first moment that I realized that fire department is it's one of the most efficient data science engine in the world. So it's I never realized that why like you you pretty much you underappreciate these things, right? You say, okay, I know when I call fire up and they, they show up, but the very fact that they show up and, and, and everything was so streamlined and they're sort of, they have all the things that you need for your fire um, safety needs. They have their playbook ready. Like ev- data is playing behind every of these scenarios that we just, we just ignore. We just say, okay, we take it for granted, but the beauty of YAM, so that's, that's fascinating. So, quote of the week, the temptation to form premature theories upon insufficient data is the bane of our profession by Mr. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> this is extrapolation. I think it's the 
it's it's another fun thing that we we are true we are too excited to build our conspiracy theories that's why conspiracy theory is famous right that's why we love it yeah some yeah. some something is cooking that we are not sure of and that thing that's in a way that's like shalek homes like core competency as well something is cooking like so yeah keep searching <laughs> keep searching keep search and i think yeah premature theories and i think it's i think it's it's the same uh, with the extrapolation um, graphic right or 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 cartoon like you when when do you stop analysis and when like what is mature what is the point of maturity yeah. no one knows like every analysis is so different and um, actually i i met one of the executive at one of the one of the company and he told me that the more he dig the more can of worms he finds and when you are in that state how can you give up and when should so it's it was like it was creepy right so it's just like he say uh, i just let my people f- like give them enough liberty and they're just playing along but that really restrict the speed of decision making because they are just every time they're just over digging the data and although they are finding things but and maybe the things that they're finding of of relatively low value but it's good they're finding things so it's it's that's a, that's a that's i think that's a million dollar question or billion dollar question for that matter yeah, what is the point of maturity that's why i think there's so much more people need to be involved in um the sciences as career paths or just you know from young children being geared towards you know uh participating or having something to do with the sciences because it's you know every question doesn't have to come from a phd data scientist to be answered there right. are lots of people that can be involved and collaborate to do that and so um that's true having that kind of you know just interest and that curiosity about it it's something natural to us and i think that more and more people you know they care about this world that the chaos is happening and everyone has different so they care about different parts of it and they can be part of solving that you're right and uh, so well said let's let's go jump to the next one podcast of the week yes, so this one that's is that's also why i like this guy this so how a... do you pronounce his last name robin S- so it's so his Good name is robin uh, thotungal so he is um, he's chief data scientist at epa and right. and we all know epa i think epa is in news lately um all the global warming and everything so we are we are hearing a lot about uh, what is epa how is epa responding and all that uh, debacle or or things that are happening in the in the organization nowadays so um we had a good conversation so i think one of the thing that i'm fan uh, of with when it comes to government agencies they are very political agencies right every two year their culture change the party change or every four year they 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 are always chasing after like so they don't have time to build the culture and the biggest culture is that there is there is going to be a change in the culture so that's how can you build an organization around around that phenomena and and almost everything that they do impacts almost everyone living uh, in the country so he he very candidly exp- uh, shared his journey and how he is designing this organization of the future what it takes to be a chief chief scientist uh, of such an organization how he what is his outlook uh, when it comes to team building uh, group building uh, epa's requirements and all that so again beautiful conversation and um, doing some cutting edge stuff and and definitely it was it was awesome to to have a conversation with him and must check it out because i think um, as a private company or private citizens we can learn a lot about how government function in many of these because these guys are really dealing some of the cultural like some of the transformational changes the biggest challenge for any business is to have a smooth transformation mm-hmm. and yeah. government agencies transform every now and then so every political gimmick the leader thrown out the leader change they have to cope up they establish themselves pick it up so their their model appreciates or or accounts for these these radical changes so a lot of key insights from the conversation that 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 folks could get 
definitely a good a good podcast to check out what do you think yeah i really like how he addressed the culture you know and uh how that is going to take a little bit from everyone right and getting that culture and changing the culture in the organization and um he seems very passionate about that and taking you know the the environment and the things that he cares about and applying the data aspect to it so it was really it was really good um 48 minutes there right oh I, <laughs> absolutely it was like yeah it was um i i i had a ball conversing with him so for sure so let's talk about the fact of the week five year Yeah. there will be 50 billion smart connected devices in the world and all developed and collect analyze and share data data exhaust so sure uh, good start to have i i don't i don't think so it it uh, it can gives anyone an, an uh, raise in the eyebrows so we all expect that we we are seeing the impact of too much data around us i think it's just i think one key takeaway from the from the entire newsletter that i that i could think is um security right so i think that one thing that is sticking to me at, at this point is uh know what security you share and the hr part uh i think HR you know part. the importance on talent and having right. you know some awareness of what's going on around talent so that you can but yeah, i think i think it's a maybe it's a, it's a good idea maybe um starting next uh, newsletters newsletter we can actually at the end of the day we can explain five of our articles um what do you think mary what what is so so you said um talent analytics yeah. so talent is one of your uh, yeah, cyber security is cyber another. security one is definitely on my top and then the hr analytics piece um i also feel like there was let me just go back there really quick Oh, the extrapolation, right? Right. So, so I think we we have it. We have similarity there. So I have uh, I have also yeah, uh, yeah, uh, data 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 analysis paralysis that 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 theory uh, security is uh, is that prime um, um, playbook like having the maturity model outlook on on data science. I think that's pretty critical. That that jumps out. Yeah. That's having right. a ha- having a strong business although it's it's pretty cliche but it's still it's relevant i think we should we should get, keep that in account and then uh, building a um, the good data governance piece like um, understanding sort of how government works and how you can uh, replicate that model for um, for private sectors so they can actually build our corporation for change or something uh-huh. so anyhow that brings us to close of this newsletter our newscast yeah. and we had a ball um uh, it was it was fun so thank you everyone for um staying with us and maria we we are seeing again thanks to our audience we are seeing an an uptick on few more views so right. your, so every podcast three or four people are watching every day so so we can confidently say at least at least 10 people watch this podcast All right. <laughs> with, with their with their family of thirty or forty. All uh, right. <laughs> so I don't know. So it's like Offer yeah. So so microphone. we we are we are getting we so thank you for for sticking with us. Thank you for um, uh, showing your support. Uh, and definitely. So now we can we can be cheesy and sell stuff. So if you if you don't want to hear it, just close your ears. shut the phone down and send the kids to the room i think um, this would get dirty very soon just kidding so <laughs> uh, so we uh, tau check out check us out on tau.ai and next um, next month we are releasing some of the cool features publicly so we all will see and um, thank you so much keep subscribe to our channel recommend our podcast like us leave comments let us know how we can improve our our podcast and um, do share with your friends and family your uncle aunts grandma grandpa whoever you think would benefit from data analytics podcast do share them um if you are pregnant if you are expecting listen to this podcast it's very critical for the for the new upcoming because they would be data scientists I'm just kidding yeah. so anyhow yeah. we're going to get those kids and we make need them data to get scientists. we need we need data scientists guys so <laughs> you need to tell your kids start them early uh, yeah. my daughter is 6 and she's already solving uh, 
random forest just kidding so thank you everyone uh, and uh, see you in the next podcast bye 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 yeah yeah i just i thought i was sick of home but actually i was homesick never really knew that i would have to grow up so quick i'm so uncomfortable don't know anybody here just a couple dudes that i met once that's it then i go into the booth feeling nervous got butterflies in my stomach like i'm so worthless is the mic gone i don't know how to work this inside i'm breaking down i hope i'm not up on the surface